You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. How are you doing today? I am very well, Richard. Very well. My house smells delightful. Oh, well, that uh, that is good. Tell us the whole story, Joe. <laughs> Well, a few months ago, I was catching up with someone to read the Bible, and she happened to mention in passing that she was now going to go and have a meaningful conversation with her mother about essential oils. That was something her <laughs> right. mum was particularly interested a, in. A and meaningful conversation. with Yeah. I don't think I've ever yeah. had a meaningful conversation with my mother about essential oils. Well, my ears pricked up, and I thought, oh, interesting, because um, I'm always interested in finding out about well, people's relationships with their mothers. Yeah, um, totally. I find that fascinating. Anyway, so we talked a bit more, and... Um, she happened to mention that they, they both really enjoyed um, different um, properties of different scents and you put them in, mm. an air dif- in an air diffuser. And anyway, long and the short was she happened to have a second diffuser, essential uh, oil diffuser. That's what you want, isn't it? Something that's right. Easy yes. way to start a hobby. Yeah, an easy way to start a hobby. So she gave me this very generously and I have since gotten into it. <laughs> <laughs> And by got into it, I've gotten two different little oils. But the, the crazy thing was the first time I used it, I put it on mm-hmm. and it was a, and I was like, right, when do I want to use this? Nighttime, lavender. I'll just buy some lavender oil. This will be great. Put it on and ended up making myself cry because <laughs> it, was, it was way too strong. <laughs> oh, no. It's like a chemical uh, chemical oh, warfare gosh. going on. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it wasn't an easy sleep that night. <laughs> I had to, like, <laughs> let the air, def- you know, normal air come back in. Yeah. But um, since then, I've come to a very happy place. And the other blend I use is is called a grounding blend. I think that's its technical term. Grounding. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. Don't, don't know what it means, but <laughs> it's it's its name is balance and it's got things like coconut and spruce and camphor. Mm. And I have no idea really what these things are other than trees and fruits. Yeah. But I feel really positive about them. Yeah. Because <laughs> they I think smell nice. I'm a I'm a big believer in these sort of things. So, but like, it's got to be, it's like a placebo effect for me. I don't care care what's in it, but I wanted to have on the label something like concentrate or relax or focus or um, peace. peace. And, and that, because I I just enjoy the placebo effect. I think some expert thinks this will have this effect on me. I'm just going to go with it. And I even think someone trying to sell me something, think this is going to have a positive effect on me. It's a marketing ploy. But I'm okay if it works, if it makes it, my house smell nice. Yeah, like, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I want. I want my house to smell nice because that makes me feel happy. So, yeah, I'm completely with you on the piece or, yeah. Anyway, so I'm feeling very happy with my new hobby and not intending to purchase any new blends because I've I've found my happy spot. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's what's been happening for oh, me. Well what done. about you? What about um, you, Richard? Well, on my mind this week has been uh, – as you would know, Joe, that, that we are heading back to church this Sunday. Well, you know, yes. in a kind of <laughs> conventional way. It's our regular location, at least at one of our campuses here at church. Um, and uh, the format's mostly similar, um, but, uh, you know, the music might be a bit different or kids coming in and out might be a bit different. But it's got a sense of returning to normality. And, I've, and that's just been running around in my head. Like, what do I think about that? How do I process that? Um <laughs> Is, is this a closure to some period or is this the start yeah. of something new? Yeah. So yeah. it's strange um, time, isn't it? Because we've been waiting for, you know, we got to it August 2nd. It looked like we were going to relaunch and then we didn't. And then we've gone to 
church at the hub, but then we went to eight services at the hub, and now mm. with this, it's been a lot of change. I, do you reckon part of it is change fatigue? Yeah, yeah, it could be change. I mean, I'm feeling positive about it. I just maybe yeah. a little confused. So I, I'm thinking I want to go in on the day with the right mindset, you know, like yeah. thinking, okay, I want to say hello to a lot of people. It's socially distancing. I have to avoid hugging people. Yeah. Um, but I want to say hello to a lot of people. I want to encourage people who are there. Mm. And I kind of myself want to benefit from the church experience, even mm. though I'm sort of paid to be there as a pastor. But it is my church. And, mm. and so I want to, yeah, give thanks in the moment mm. as well. Mm. How are you feeling about going back to this next level of normality? I am, you know what, I had not put any thought into it <laughs> other than I'm excited, which is, which has surprised me actually because the 2nd of August date when we were mm. looking to relaunch then, I was genuinely concerned mm. because I'd had this season of being away from lots of people and the idea of going back all in was a bit mm. daunting to me. But I was on board, of course. I yeah, was yeah. so keen to, because I think it's better to gather together. But, um, yeah, I think the lead up of, of eight services over the last couple of weeks has meant I'm really keen for mm. the people who saw who were there at three and the people who were there at 4.30 to be there together at the same time yeah, and yeah. that joy. I, I've been saying again and again, I can't wait to just bump into people mm. and be like, oh, yes, you. <laughs> Praise God you're in my life. Uh, How yeah. are you? you know? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So oh, well. I, I think God's going to be gathering a group of people who are happy to be back, I, I think. But there's going to be, yeah, lots of mixed emotions. Yeah. So, listeners, mm. if you do see Joe and I around on the Sunday, do come mm. say hello. Yes, <laughs> we are we keen would like to say hello to lots of people. That's right. And Richard is going to refrain from hugging because someone said something to me the other day, Richard. They said, yeah, Richard's a real hugger. <laughs> I didn't realise this about you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, uh, you know, I've got to keep it, keep it under under control, Joe. But uh, <laughs> It's out now. That's, that's another, Sorry. A tangent for another day, yeah. But I, it's true, yeah. All righty. Well, shall we talk about some Bible? Yes. Now, tell us, what have you been reading lately, Joe? Okay. Well, if you've been listening along, and for you, Richard, mm. uh, you can, you've can you heard my confusion about Zechariah um, over the last while because I've been doing my year of the Minor Prophets, trying to get my head around the Minor Prophets. Yeah. And actually what I've realized is I have no idea about the post-exilic period. Yeah. So Judah has been sent into exile by the Babylonians. Then they've the Babylonians have been taken over by the Persians. God speaks to Cyrus, king of Persia, the first king of Persia, and the Persians allow the Jews to go back to Jerusalem with goods mm. to rebuild the temple, which which is looking at which is the second temple after the first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. And as I was reading Zechariah, I was trying to work out when is all this happening, and mm. then. A few weeks ago, I was like, oh, Darius's. There's a couple of different Darius's. I don't really understand. And so I thought, okay, I'm still really not understanding Zechariah. I don't get what's going on. Rather than sort of jumping with two feet into a prophecy about something that has historical context, why not go find out about the historical context a bit more? And so I've spent some time in the last week or two in, or last week really, in Ezra and Nehemiah. Yeah, great. Yeah. And I just hit upon something in Ezra and Nehemiah, putting aside all the historical stuff. I just was so moved by Ezra chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this moment where the the Jews have returned to Jerusalem and there's this beautiful little verse, Ezra chapter 3, verse 3. Mm-hmm. 
and it says, despite the, their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt altar offerings on it to the Lord, both in the morning and evening sacrifices. And I thought, despite the fear of the peoples around them, they built a foundation, altar, altar, altar on the foundation and they sacrificed offerings to God. And it made me jump, just think about how the offerings were talked about as a pleasing aroma to God in mm. the, the, the law and how that would have pleased God so much and particularly in spite of fear. And yeah. it was such a rebuke to me mm. <laughs> and an encouragement as well that people who had gone before me knowing my Lord had in face of, you know, enemy, enemies around in their own city where yeah. they'd been sent back to um, still worship God publicly. And I, yeah. it was just a real encouragement to me to keep worshiping God publicly in spite of fear. So, yeah. No, yeah. that's a beautiful verse. Um, I love it. Yeah. Just acknowledges that the fear is there, but they proceed anyway. And uh, mm. it's not legalism in this case. It's it's a genuine expression of worship. And mm. uh, so, um, yeah, no, very challenging and encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Richard? Um, what have you been Yeah. A nice, nice link to the pleasing aroma, Joe. Was that deliberate? Oh, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just made that connection. <laughs> Well played, Richard. Yeah. I did not pick that up. Wow. Wow. Very well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, it was uh, not intentional. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, for me, I have been uh, reading some a great little book I've come across in the footnotes of another book I was reading, which I won't talk about another time. This is often how I find good books, Joe, is I look at the footnotes and um, mm. if uh, if something looks promising there, I'll go have a read. Okay. Um, although I got caught in... Um, Craig Hamilton's book on uh, Made Man, because he, if you look, read the footnotes in that book, he'll say, hey there, nerd, I can tell you're a nerd because you're reading this footnote. <laughs> it's like a secret aside to, to the footnote reader. Um, He's got something for everyone, yeah. even the nerds who read the footnotes. Yeah, so look out for that in Craig Hamilton's book, Made Man. But anyway, that's not what I'm talking about today. Today the book is called um, Forgiveness by Julie Marsden. And uh, this was uh, published by 10 of those publishing, just a small but good publishing company in 2014. It cost me $4 on the Kindle. And I thought, and unfortunately, I don't know anything about Julie Marsden. Um, I couldn't find anything very easily. Uh, but um, it's a great little book. Um, mm. you can, I read it in about 45 minutes. The topic is very interesting. You and I have talked about forgiveness on and off over the years, and uh, yes. we know that this is a thing, like the, an issue in our own hearts, an issue in the hearts of people we're ministering to. And so I was very curious to um, see what I could learn from this book. And um, um, generally, excellent. I enjoyed it all. Uh, and um, I'm going to go back and read it again, partly because it was mm. short, but partly because I want to yeah, reflect on everything she was saying before but. Uh, mm. So, recommend it wholeheartedly. I think the little section I'd share was just from the end, the bit I read yesterday, uh, where she talks about the the cost of forgiveness, um, how how forgiveness is not just sweeping under the carpet, pretending that it doesn't matter, but there there is an offence, there is sin, um, and uh, but she uses she encourages to look to the cross where sin is dealt with. Um, she says, well, there are only two places where sin is fully and finally dealt with. One is the cross and the other is hell. Uh, either my sin will be laid on Christ in his death or I will pay for it myself in hell, but it will be paid for. 
we can trust God to deal with all sin with perfect justice. So part of her pastoring of us is uh, helping of us in thinking about forgiveness is to think um, sin will be dealt with, and when, but when God calls on us to forgive, he's not calling, uh, he, she uses the analogy of a file, like holding a file. Somebody's offended you, you have the offense on a file, you're holding the file. God is not calling us to rip up the file of that person's sin. He's asking me to let it go of it and give it to him to deal with. He's mm. saying, pass it to me, leave it with me. You can trust me to deal with it, mm. which we find hard to do. But actually God is, she's right, God is actually inviting us to walk in a pathway of great blessing. He's inviting us to give up carrying around the burden of that file, which pulls us down towards bitterness. Goodness, that sounds like an excellent idea to have mm. in your head all the time mm. because there is that moment where you've, you know, the, the little moment where you've had an interaction, a negative interaction with someone and you, you try to say, you know, you say, I've forgiven you, it's done, I'm not going to count it against you anymore. Mm. But how do you, how do you keep, for, like, how do you keep to that resolve to forgive? It's to continually think, okay, this is Jesus. It's, it's Jesus has this. I'm not going to dwell on this negative file Oh, wow. I like that. Mm, yeah. So it's. A, I think it's an illustration I'll, I'll think about some more, and I, I think it's very mm. helpful. Um, mm. And, um, yeah, we'll have another read of this book. But, um, yeah, forgiveness is such a hard thing to do, and it's such a common thing that we're called on to do. Mm. Um, yeah. She's also got a very helpful commentary on discussion on what to do if the other person's not repentant. Um, mm. But, um yeah, I, I feel like that's the bit I want to read over again. <laughs> so I'll, yeah, I'll leave sure. it there. And certainly, yeah, recommend it to you, Joe, and any of our listeners to uh, yeah. have a read of. So how do you want to apply this book for your life? Like mm. what are you thinking for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think it's um, pretty much the same thing that I'm always struggling with, and that is that I want to be a more forgiving person. Um, mm. I want to be more forgiving this time next year than what I am now. Yeah, mm. Caring less, more quick to forgive. Mm. Um, so for me, practically, at the moment, I'd, I don't feel particularly wronged against or sinned against. So mm. there's nothing to, no big ticket items going on in my life. But yeah, I want to prepare my heart so that if and when those things happen, uh, I want to be, have, be prepared uh, to mm. forgive. Mm. Not that it would be easy, but I want to be prepared, yeah, theologically, um, partially for that moment. Mm. I like that. Well, this has been an encouraging chat, Richard. Yeah, indeed. Uh, mm. Enjoy your uh, pleasing aromas <laughs> through, the, <laughs> through the house show, and uh, I look I forward will. to uh, seeing you on Sunday. Sounds good. See you, brother. Bye. Bye.